Hello, welcome back. It's episode 41 of Control-Alt-Delete. Today's guest I'm so excited about is Lisa Owens, who is a writer and author of the book Not Working, which came out last year with Picador. And it's one of those books that made me laugh so much when you have an awkward moment on public transport where you are snorting and laughing. Before writing this brilliant book, which got brilliant reviews, she was an editor at an independent publisher called Profile Books, and she left to study creative writing at the University of East Anglia. So this debut novel called Not Working is about a girl called Claire who quits her job to go and find her true purpose and it brings up many conversations about how much work is part of our identity, whether that's a good or bad thing. It's out at the moment in hardback and it's going to be published in paperback by Picador in January. So if you want the paperback, go get it in January and I hope you enjoy this episode. Here it is. Sorry if you've been asked this like a hundred times by other people, but where did the inspiration come for the book? Um, well, there are a couple of different answers I give to this actually. So the first one is um, like how I actually came to physically write it, which was that I had lots of different kind of observations that I'd been keeping for a while. Just like, you know, I was I was writing at the time I was doing a master's in creative writing. Um, so I kind of every little thing that I saw or thought of, I would keep an eye over my phone, which I think is quite a common thing. Um, but I ended up having quite a lot of them in this kind of I didn't really know what to do with them. And one day I was kind of a bit stuck for inspiration and ended up just pulling them out and playing with them and kind of messing around and realised they all had the same kind of tone uh, and they also had this kind of uh, they felt like they came from the same character which was someone who was um, maybe a little bit lost searching for something and so I just kind of it kind of spiralled out of that um, and that was then where the, the job and work aspect came from um, uh-huh. like the very first scene in the book um, Claire is having this altercation with her neighbour about this plant that's growing out of her building um, and that was kind of the beginning was okay so who is someone who's at home during the day who you know has time to deal with something like this and but is also someone who's quite you know intelligent and interesting and you know yeah. what's, what's her deal so it kind of it kind of spiraled from there and um and I was really interested like uh, you know I feel like I've got to an age and lots of my friends have where people were really thinking about their careers and whether you know they graduated they'd spent maybe six seven eight years in the same job or in the same industry and then it was this question of is this what I want to do and yeah. do I want to kind of stay in this and really progress do I want to start again and something else or do I try and take a sideways step so all those kind of questions seem to be quite pertinent to people and it kind of seemed to resonate in that way mm, it's so funny the bits where um, as someone who does work from home <laughs> the stuff when she answers the door in her pyjamas and those kids who are like looking for to be sponsored for a charity thing are just like are you ill why are you in your pyjamas and it's like oh my god that's so true that to the outside world it is weird to be at home all day working mm. and you do feel slightly embarrassed sometimes yeah, well, it's funny. I, I, I had actually, many years ago, after my first job, um, I had for, because of the way my notice period worked out, I had six weeks off. Um, and I was in that place of, like, I'm just going to completely nail London. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go to lots of art galleries. I'm going to, like, read all these great books. I'm going to go and see art house films. Um, but obviously, you're kind of completely on your own because all your friends are working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you might, you know, do one of those things or, you know, but, um, but then I basically found that I'd kind of you, you live in a completely different routine to everyone else and it, it 
feels very strange to not be getting up at night and mm. spending a day doing something that's using your brain and kind of feeling like useful and then at the end of the day being tired and maybe going to the pub mm. and, and going to work and actually that was something that kind of I drew on a bit with, with Claire was this idea of you know at the end of the day you know she would meet her friends for drinks after work but she hadn't been at work so yeah. she was just like yeah it'll be like after work <laughs> drinks in brackets their drink on yeah. their work <laughs> exactly and yeah. that kind of idea of how like when you don't have a job and you don't have a routine like how what does that do with your sense of self really because mm. I think you know the way that we relate to work is so odd in some ways you know if someone asks you what you do your you identity say, I am yeah you know and um, and if you don't like it or if you don't kind of feel that passionately about it it kind of you know yeah I kind of was really interested in what that does to your kind of like really your soul you know I think yeah. there is something in our society at the moment that kind of I feel like we're all kind of searching for the thing that, mm. that will make us feel like proud and worthwhile and kind of um, yeah you know probably make other people feel a bit jealous as well you know I think it's a mm. kind of quite complicated bundle of things we want from work I so agree it's and I think we're maybe of the generation who are like blending work and life a bit more like I sometimes I I'm lucky that that's my case that I would be at a drinks thing and be like is this work it doesn't feel like work but it's it's hard to know the difference sometimes but um I obviously knew this was fiction but the fact that it's a diary sometimes and I read so much non-fiction you can sometimes you're like is this true like did anyone say to you oh is this is this based on you or did you quit your job did you do all this stuff yeah and I think um it's one of those questions that I I find I think because it's my first novel it's an interesting one because my sort of take on any fiction is well of course it's it's based on some form of me and even if I'd written a historical novel about you know like a 16th century I don't know street urchin like I feel like I, it would have to come from me and from my imagination and so there's always going to be like a lot of me in it but I think the fact it's contemporary it's a young woman it's based in London and there are like certain kind of par- you know age-wise sort of similar parallels um it obviously makes those things kind of easier to point to um but I also always have to say <laughs> yeah it is definitely fiction and like and again there are parallels in that I quit my job although in my case it was to do a master's in creative writing so yeah. I didn't quite have that sort of uncertainty yeah. you know that, that Claire has in the book um but yeah for sure I kind of drew on stuff and um and particularly because it's observational like obviously things that sprang to mind I would kind of then develop yeah did you always want Claire to be likable because I love her and I also love Luke and I love their relationship it's very funny and very quite comforting I think because they're just really nice to each other well it's funny because actually I think some people really find Claire quite difficult and frustrating a lot of the time people say do you like Claire (laughs) in a way that makes me think oh maybe you don't um I I didn't think it was important in the way that I don't believe that female heroines have to be likable I think that like they should be complicated and you know and human and believable and that that was really what I was going for um but actually because the book is not this kind of really grand plot in the way of like there isn't this huge kind of twist in it or like um you know it's very much a kind of internal journey really um I you know the plot almost did come from Claire Claire's kind of behaviour and her like like ability at times there was she's definitely not perfect exactly and you know she's got this relationship with her it's a long term relationship with Luke and there are times when she really kind of tests him really pushes it you know prods him and and Mm. he likewise (laughs) yeah Um, and so that was in a funny way where the plot came from was like 
when was she kind of acting out of turn and then when at what point might people really give up on her you know it was kind of that con- walking the line really the whole time between like when is she going too far when will the reader find that she's gone too far and when will they kind yeah. of stay on side so that was actually quite fun that was a I really related to that <laughs> I think we can all be um, like push people's buttons and <laughs> I know that I'm a nightmare to live with well this was the other thing I, I was really interested in the idea of a long term relationship and I don't feel like I read very much of it in a way that wasn't mm. you know there's like there is some degree of jeopardy in, in the book but it really isn't about that you know it's really about two people who know each other very very well who have been living together for a long time they're not yet kind of at the jaded like you know you know they're not I, I think we see lots of kind of portraits of marriages maybe and, and sort of a later stage when everyone's you know a bit tired and yeah. you know and all that stuff and I think you see obviously the first flush of romance a lot as well but I hadn't really seen this kind of really like kind of well-worn you know comfortable relationship mm. um and then you know in that in that it was a case of exploring what happens if someone isn't feeling quite you know at the peak of their game you know so um, you know, yeah. Luke in the book is a very yeah. successful trainee neurosurgeon, um, and you know he's got a very clear idea of what he wants to do and what he wants to be in life. And Claire obviously suddenly is without a job at all. Doesn't you know he he's got this very kind of set career marked out, which is another thing that kind of interests me. A certain mm. kind of particularly vocations that have like, and in three years you'll be this, and in you know six years you'll be this, and you know and you'll have a pension for life and all the rest of it. And you know compared to that, she's got absolutely nothing you know she's got this kind of maybe six years of marketing experience behind her yeah and so it was this kind of sense of what happens when she's suddenly not feeling you know um herself really you know how does that play into their relationship and can it survive under the pressure of that yeah actually I've never seen that really portrayed like two people that still really like each other after that amount of time (laughs) that's great that's like good for them but the the one thing I really liked well lots of things um was there's like kind of beauty and humor in like quite mundane things you know like you've said there's no like grand plot is that is this like a new way of telling stories because it's so gripping but also like you say it doesn't need to be like this big magical tale of yeah well I mean and and there is you know there are so many brilliant books that do that out there and I think I I just don't think it's my strength you know and and I was really interested in trying to write a book that kind of as closely mirrored life as possible um and the the way the book is structured is in these very very short vignettes and some of them are only a line long and some of them are a couple of pages um and that to me felt like kind of what what it was like you know it's like you sometimes might really fixate on some kind of absolute minutiae on the Mm. bus and then you might become absorbed in some bigger conversation or kind of you know problem or something you know that absorbs you for a while and then something else comes along and so I was trying to mirror that kind of and and particularly I think it mirrors Claire's experience Mm. and that she is sort of very much casting about for stuff to you know to signify things to her I think she's kind of looking for signs you know she's looking for this job and this dream career and it's just not presenting itself to her Um, and so she's kind of struggling to differentiate between mm. things that are important and things that aren't and oh um, I love that bit about hoarding yeah um, that one that really I was I reread that bit like that's me because I do the whole putting it in piles thing and walking away and how because there's a lot of symbolism in the book I find like um it's very it's very clever even though it seems like it's she's just doing something mundane like sorting through her clothes or whatever it's like you get a moment of oh that is a sign yeah well it's kind of I mean that was the, that was the interesting thing about doing this because 
these observations that are very again sort of very minute and, and some of them are so ridiculous you know there's stuff in there about like you know her, an interaction with the shop assistant you know several things like that and it's like kind of trying to what privilege in, in that you know, situation. Mm-hmm. It's like why we why that and not something else. Um, and I think they all. You know, I hope that they all resonate in some way. You know, I don't didn't want to just stick in something because it was like yeah. you know a funny image. Particularly, you know, I think mm-hmm. I, I kind of wanted it all to kind of feel like part of this one person's world and one person's experience and kind of why it would why it would kind of occur to her or kind of particularly stick with her at that moment because um, it is like the kind of form of it is like really has thought process kind of ongoing really yeah definitely and um I actually asked this before we started recording because I was like just very interested in it and I know that talking about like the writing process you know please don't do that um (laughs) but when I was reading it I couldn't help you know being someone that writes myself I couldn't help but think I bet you had so much fun writing it it's a fun book is was it fun to write it was um there were definitely I feel like it went in kind of waves I think like the first the beginning of it was I think I wrote the first 20,000 words really really quickly and um I thought like brilliant I'm gonna write this book in six weeks it's gonna be awesome and then I'll you know I'll be done and obviously didn't work like that at all I kind of started it and then I kind of I think it was exactly that kind of 20,000 word point where I was like okay what is this I didn't know it was always going to be a novel I thought it might be something shorter Mm. um and so kind of trying to turn it into something bigger was was a challenge and and one that took many months um and also the way I write is quite painstaking which is I have to edit as I go along (laughs) um and like I I don't read my work aloud because I, I just find that odd but lots of people do and I, and I think justifiably because I think it really helps with cadence but I do go over it a lot a lot in my head and rhythm is really mm. important to me and so I couldn't move on until I was like exactly happy with the line that um, probably saved you in the long run then I think it did but there were definitely I would say like sort of midway through the book I just it, it's, it's a really easy way to kind of get stuck I think mm. because you end up just going like obsessing I think a little bit and going over and over and over old stuff mm the kind of positive side of writing a book that was um, kind of with lots of different bits and pieces in it was you could kind of jump into something if, if I really was struggling with a section I could just jump into another one and be like yeah. okay I'm just gonna I know that like you know there are certain characters in it like the, um, her grandmother and her mum and, and her dad actually that I just mm. found really kind of I quite enjoyed those I quite enjoyed getting stuck into them so they're always quite nice to be like oh, okay a bit of dialogue will just kind of get me out of this rut yeah. Um, and yeah so definitely I mean overall it was really fun but there were there were definitely kind of dark days where I kind of edited away more words than I'd produced in a week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Um, it seems like this is kind of part of like a group of cultural things at the moment that are summing up the millennial generation in a way, whether it's good or bad. Um, it, some of it reminded me of, you know, like TV shows that are out at the moment, like Fleabag and stuff. I don't know if anyone, has anyone like said that? It's just come to mind, but that kind of likeable but unlikable character who is like muddling through life, who we can all relate to. Yeah, like not in the beginning. And I certainly didn't have an agenda for the book, you know, and I think actually that's where a lot of bad writing can come from if you're like, I want to skewer this thing. And I honestly, um, when I started writing this, thought it was like bizarre and completely uncommercial and, you know, potentially just a total like wild goose chase. Um, And it really, I think partly because the form isn't traditional, like a traditional narrative, it felt a bit odd. Mm. Um, But then you've got Girl on the Train. 
which I haven't read yet, is um, is, is very much diary-like. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. Is... And, and actually, and I don't know if you've read the Jenny Offal book, Department oh, no. of Speculation, which is written in vignettes as well. And actually, <laughs> I read that when I was about halfway through my book and nearly gave up because it's just so good. <laughs> but I always loved a book that had lots of space, wasn't too crowded. And I think that is just something that is nice to read. I think, yeah. you know... I, I find like a dense page of text like quite an off-putting thing yeah I, I find if it's like too close to the top and the bottom yeah. I just I get, <laughs> like, get a bit scared and if it doesn't kind of I, I love it when a chapter finishes kind of right at the top of the page and then you feel like yeah. you've really made some progress like, that's a good thing actually about my like, <laughs> Amazon fire because I'm getting I'm getting more into it now um, mm. I, I was really anti-Kindle when they first came out and actually now I was in bed the other day rereading The Secret <laughs> and um, and you can space it as much as you want and like put the font really big and stuff and actually I thought this is really interesting that you can read something really full on but make it easier on the eye yeah that probably makes lots of stuff a lot more digestible yeah and you you can get through it even if it's like hardcore but um yeah it's lovely to know when someone just writes because they want to write it I guess that is the process, isn't it? It's like, you just wanted to, you wanted to. Yeah, well, I mean, this really wasn't the book that I was expecting to write. Because um, I did this Masters in Creative Writing, and, like, a lot of the books that I had been reading at the time were, like, um, you know, I really like lots of Irish authors like William Trevor and John McGehan and um, American authors like William Maxwell who write very um, quiet, kind of rural, domestic stuff mm. and um, very kind of understated, very... Um, kind of poignant and beautiful and rustic and you know and everything this book isn't basically mm. and um, and when I started writing I was like oh it's like a bit comic and it's very contemporary and it feels like it you know I was you know I was a bit worried about this thing you're saying about you know is it kind of satirizing the millennial condition because it kind of felt you know like can it be taken seriously mm. if I'm doing that as well and, and that was you know that was the struggle but uh, it was also the thing I'd written that people reacted to in a way they hadn't with anything else. You know, yeah. people suddenly were like, oh, this, I want to read more. I want to really know where this goes. And it yeah. kind of felt like it was, it, it just it just took over in a way mm. that doesn't sound too pretentious. Like, I think the other stuff I'd written that was more sort of, I, it kind of was almost like pastiche in a way of like these genres that I admired and wanted to write like, whereas this was just writing like me. Yeah, that's me, that's, because it's, I guess it's all, um, it's about finding your voice because I, I find writing um, about myself, it's very, comes very easy to me, but then um, fiction, I, I like, I write something, I'm like, who is that? Like, who just wrote that? That's awful. I sound like a weird 13-year-old. And so, I don't know, but I just think um, it must feel good when you're tapping in something that just feels very natural. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But yeah, it's funny, because I'm wondering now if I just love uh, stories as well about, like, a solo journey, because I love, like, Haruki Murakami's books. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of, it's about loneliness. Yeah. And it is about one person's very like they're in, they can be in the busiest city in the world but actually they're on their own very personal journey it's really interesting that to identify that kind of stuff that you like actually because I realised that when I was talking to a friend recently about films and I can't remember what he was recommending but I, I was like oh, it won't interest me because it's e.g. sci-fi or mm. historical and he was like oh so do you only like sort of indie like realist <laughs> And I was like, actually, ultimately, yes. And that's not true because then I will watch something else that doesn't fit in that genre and I will really enjoy it and feel a bit ashamed that I'm so kind of... I'm the same. Is it because... Do you think it's because you can't immediately relate with it? It probably is. Um, 
I don't, I don't know what it is. I, when I was younger, I used to read a lot more kind of widely than I do now. But I feel like, yeah, I, 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 there's probably like some very just urban deep seated like yeah narcissism. In there. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. I think you're right. But, oh my god, that's actually really bad because I think it's like if I can't immediately learn from it, it's out. Yeah. If I can't learn more about myself, so yeah, it is narcissism probably. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk, let's read and talk about myself all day. <laughs> so that's so funny. Um, but yeah, because so um, what other things had you written before? Have you written other books before this one? No, this was my debut novel. Um, and on this, like I, I used to write a lot as a child, like a lot of short stories, and they were very, I mean, they themselves were pastiches of like in a lighter. Yeah, I mean, there was very much like I definitely wrote a story featuring a mermaid called Ariel and you know it was very kind of heavily influenced by <laughs> existing <laughs> very influenced <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, but uh, and then I just stopped for a while uh, for ages actually I kind of it was quite funny I think like I when I became a teenager I, I I always read but I really went into this kind of like fad of like Sweet Valley High mm. and like just like non-traditional literature I guess mm. in a way like a lot of point horror and again lots of like I would I really don't like horror now but I really got maybe because Ooh, I got so much on on that stuff when yeah. I was younger um and and then I just and then at university I think I felt the sense of who am I to do this you know I think I kind of felt like you know other people are so ambitious and so kind of they're just getting out and doing it and that was actually something I found kind of quite tough at uni was like people who just seemed like they knew what they wanted from life Mm -hmm. already at the age of 18 and in addition to doing their degree they were like running you know editing the newspaper Mm -hmm. directing shows and all that kind of stuff and it was yeah I found that quite intimidating and it did definitely take me a few years to kind of think oh you know actually this is something I always wanted to do and maybe I can actually do it um do you think it's quite scary calling yourself a writer sometimes as well absolutely because I I I I still find it hard and I've written a book and I'm still like I'm not a writer other people are writers it feels like very grand doesn't Mm. it it feels like quite an outrageous like quite an audacious yeah it feels like um yeah like a bit arrogant yeah even though even if you write a shopping list every day you you, I think you're allowed to say that I write yeah exactly and I I think it's I think it's because I've been thinking about this a lot recently because of the book being about work as well but I think it's because there's almost an expectation when you say I'm a writer that then somebody should have heard of what you have written and if they haven't which is the most likely option because you know there's so many books written and, and yeah you know, yeah um that i read it then that then you feel exactly that then you might feel like you're not a real writer even mm-hmm. though you haven't published a book you know there's this funny kind of like constant i don't know it's kind of a a mix of like ego and yeah. kind of um uh, lack of yeah you know kind of like total lack of confidence as well that you're constantly battling and that goes back to i guess the whole idea of what you introduce yourself as at a dinner party mm-hmm. says a lot about you and um it can be quite scary sometimes walking into a room and being like I don't know what I do and trying to justify it is kind of exhausting well I think particularly if you work in a non-professional I think that's increasingly the case nowadays I think uh, well lots of people just do multiple things I think you've got lots of like um people who are freelance and who have various kind of strings to their bow and also I think the internet's just created so many jobs Mm -hmm. and so much you know that didn't exist like 50 years ago and I think the things that mean things to us now are actually you know there's not a great deal of them if someone was to say I do this this you know like lawyer doctor accountant Mm. you know and then there is like just this world of like you know 
marketing yeah. and the word manager crops up a lot you know and it's jobs like, that sound a bit a bit fake almost and like or a bit <laughs> kind of made up like on LinkedIn when it's like head of ideas or something exactly and and yeah then you're saying that to somebody like this is what I do and then they're kind of having to like make a judgment on you based on that piece of information and yeah. if it isn't the thing that you feel most passionately about and for a lot of people it isn't like their job mm-hmm. is not the thing they love most about their life it's kind of a strange way to to be kind of presenting yourself I think to mm-hmm. say like this is who I am but also this this and this yeah and I wonder if that's a London thing or, or a city bubble thing yeah um, it is. it's like how do I put you in context of my view I think yeah. that's kind of where it comes from is like where do I rank you in my kind oh, of set it's so gross I find when people ask like so what do you do at parties and then sometimes it's like okay is this my opportunity to kind of impress you or can I just say something random and go and talk to someone else because I don't like being judged in, in five seconds there's a brilliant article um, by a guy called Paul Ford, which is on manners, and he, <clears throat> in it, says that he's got a rule, which is in kind of small talk conversations or when you meet someone new, just don't ask them what they do mm. or wait until the last possible moment before you ask them what they do. Yeah. Which I've tried to kind of, I've tried mm. to kind of live by that because I, because, partly because I hate the question being yeah. immediately turned back on myself, but, but partly because I think it, there is so much more to people than what they do. And I think like, you know, yes, your work is a big part of your life. And I think there are like, people do brilliant really interesting amazing stuff but also if you don't do that yeah that doesn't mean that you're not a brilliant interesting person who, exactly. you can, who I can relate to on other grounds yeah there was something recently someone said where it, it's always good to say like and what do you like what what do you do for fun or like what do you enjoy doing or, mm. or something it's like a broader question so it could be oh actually I love my job and this is it yeah, or it's exactly. like oh I paint on the weekends or yeah um, but oh my god so this happened to me recently where I met someone and I didn't ask what they, they did because I just I didn't want to mm-hmm. and um, this woman who was Scottish and blonde and, and very sweet and um, probably in her like 50s or 60s was talking about the charity work she does I went home and I realised I'd been talking to Annie Lennox for like 15 minutes <gasps> oh my god <laughs> that's amazing it was amazing but I kind of thought that didn't click because I just we were talking about something completely different it was quite nice in a way, but then I also thought, I hope she knew that I knew, because otherwise that's really weird. It or is, maybe it's nice. It must be really refreshing, yeah. I think there is this kind of funny thing where it's like, just not asking someone because you feel like it would make them uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, well, it's like a sign that you're valuing their com- the conversation exactly. more than you're valuing what they can I, do for I'm you. I'm not to say, I just want to talk to you because I know who you yeah. are and I'm trying to kind of, yeah, exactly, trying to get yeah. something out of you. So um, I wanted to ask, um, oh my God, that's gone so quickly, I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> um, so this book and how it came about, I feel like it's a real, um, like you say, it's totally different. How did the process come about with, you had this idea and then, um, you know, getting a publisher. How did that happen? So I had a slightly unusual routine in that I used to work in publishing, so I kind of knew the landscape a little bit. Um, and uh, so I left my job in publishing to do a creative writing master's. And at the end of that, I had to produce this dissertation in 15,000 words. And this not working, like, came out of that. So oh, I had cool. I had this kind of bundle of words. Do you recommend um, the um, doing a MA in creative I writing? I do. It sounds so fascinating. It's an amazing experience. I, I what I am always careful to say is that I don't think it's necessary to get a book deal. Absolutely not. And and nor to just finish writing a novel. I think it was for me because I am very easily distracted. <laughs> um, and you know I try I I worked in publishing and there was like a funny way in which 
being in publishing was kind of a displacement like life for me because it was like in books which I loved and I really enjoy kind of working with with authors mm. but I wasn't doing the thing I most honestly which was writing right, yeah. um, so I found it really difficult to write in the evenings because I was kind of expending all my energy mm. still creatively but just not in the exact way that I wanted to um, so for me it was like I just need to get out of that for a while I just need to kind of dedicate like in that instance I was like I'm just going to give myself this year of the MA to to focus on writing was there a moment of because um I guess this is the theme of the book actually that you can look up and five years have gone I what what, what was your like catalyst for being like I'm off to um, do the course it was it's interesting actually I think it was getting to this point of I'd been in publishing for six years I really loved what I did but I kind of looked up the career ladder and saw like the stages above which were you know kind of getting further and further away from editing books which was the thing that I like most so you know the higher up you go and it's true in lots of different creative industries you kind of get more involved in the managerial side of things and the kind of budget side of things which are just really not strengths of mine and they're not particularly interesting to me and I think I just felt like is this actually something I want to do long term or do I want to just give this a go um, I think I'm trying to remember how I think I was 27 at the time and I just thought like I'm just gonna do it it's not like the most critical time I'm you know I, I didn't kind of burn my bridges and mm. say so long suckers you know it was definitely like yeah I'm gonna you sneak back in if you wanted <laughs> yeah, to <laughs> not necessarily to where I, where I had been but just you know I've definitely felt like if I if it doesn't work I, I can very happily come back and you know do this again and be an editor um, but it just really yeah I think I just felt like I'd reached a point of like I, I don't know if I'm actually ready or good enough to kind of jump to that next level of of, of the career ladder um, and and yeah know, you know like my kind of way of doing things is very leave everything to the last minute you know the deadline for the masters was like you know the week later <laughs> I sent it in and then I kind of you know it was, I kind of got on to it I was meant to get on for the following year and then I kind of just said please can I get on this year and you know put me on the waiting list if anyone drops out and they did and so it kind of all happened in a way that um that was really that was yeah it kind of I don't I it would have been interesting if I was waiting a year you know and working yeah. for that year and kind of how that would have how that would have gone and whether I would have been writing or mm. um but yeah so then once I finished the course I sent the the, the words I had to um an agent who was someone that I knew um, and just because I didn't know what it was going to be I didn't know mm. if it was worth sticking with as a project I didn't know if yeah. it was just kind of really off the wall um, but she fortunately really liked it and was very passionate about it and said yeah Amazing. you know turn it into a book please um, and that really gave me just so much kind of um, encouragement mm. to stick to with, with it, with and, it and, yeah, yeah. and to like just having someone else kind of invested in it I think and kind of you know emotionally and personally mm. you know that that and you know she kept, she set deadlines which I often oh, failed great. to meet but you know having them was really crucial yeah. and someone to bounce ideas off exactly yeah. um, and just knowing there was someone who was like just get on with it you know yeah um, and once yeah eventually it took me 18 months probably from kind of very beginning to like having it ready to send to publishers mm. um but yeah and then sort of the agent obviously sent it out and um amazing yeah that's so exciting it's still I mean I know it's been out for a while but um, I absolutely love it so thank you so much I hope you're writing more stuff or are you still just crazy <laughs> promoting this one um, I'm kind of in the middle of yeah a few different things but I'm definitely planning to, to write something new soon yes that's good news for everyone who loved this book <laughs> thank you so much thank you very much for having me thank you 
If you like this episode, please remember to leave a review or a rating on iTunes. It would mean so much to me. Also, um, tweet me. I'd love to hear your feedback. So thanks so much again for listening and make sure you tune in next week. 